Welcome to season three of Motivate Me. We invite you to travel the 50 states in 90 days as we interview people about their passion. Why? In order to inspire you to live a life that's more exciting or more meaningful. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. So ladies and gentlemen, today we are on the front porch of the home of Cherie and John and Cherie Perucci, Tacoma, Washington. Tell everybody what your passion is. Well, I'm passionate about seeing women escape the sex industry and um, to see their lives being redeemed and transformed. Um, into something completely different. How did this start for you? That's a great question. Uh, it was about three years ago that I moved into the city of Tacoma and when I was looking around the city I realized that all of a sudden there were needs and things that I saw that I couldn't turn away from. Um, and it was about that time where I actually had gone through a divorce myself and was a single mom and was feeling really vulnerable and um, really insecure, really wondering what's next in my life and um, also just going through the transition of being, being now a single mom um, in a place where I never would have imagined um, lower socioeconomic status, struggling to provide for my child and that gave me a new understanding of what it meant to um, be on the margins now. And so within my own story, I really started looking around and just wondering what's next in my life and um, where can I go from here? And just realizing that I was a few choices, I could have been a few choices away from um, using using my body as an asset. Um, that was never something that I had wanted to do, but I could see now how women um, might end up in that situation. And so it actually was conversations that had started around me, around what is human trafficking and what's happening in our area. And I really didn't know a whole lot. I thought human trafficking was um, something that had happened in third world countries, maybe happens in our area. And um, the more I found out, the more that I was realizing that this was happening in our own area. And it broke my heart. Define that for us. So human trafficking is the use of another person for force, for fraud, or coercion. Um, and so it can be the buying or selling of an individual for a person's own gain. Um, so human trafficking can also be labor trafficking or sex trafficking. And in particular, um, in, in this area, sex trafficking is really predominant. And Washington is third in the nation for having 
um, the largest the third largest population of sex trafficking in our area. And, um, and so I began to see actually people on the streets and while I was learning more about this, and it wasn't until I actually had one interaction with a young woman on the street that completely broke my heart. It just gutted me to know that she had been exploited. Um, can you tell us details about that story? I mean, obviously, you know, yeah. not sharing her name or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it was a cold winter day, and I was taking my son to school. And we had walked out of our apartment complex and into the alley. And coming towards me was a woman who um, was wearing shorts and a zip-up hoodie. And she was walking down the alley about 30, 40 feet away and our eyes met. And all of a sudden she just stopped and I stopped. And I knew that something deep inside of me was telling me that she was not safe. That there was something going on that why is this woman wearing shorts in the middle of um, winter? And what's happening to her? She looks frazzled, she looks confused, she looks scared, she stopped. Um, and I didn't know what to do. And at that point in time, I, I looked at my son and I looked back up at her and I thought, I don't have any, I don't know what to offer this woman. I don't even know how to even approach a conversation with her. Um, but I could tell that she needed some help. And so I left and I took him to school and I came back and I, I had said prayer on my way and I said, Lord, if she's still there when I get back, I would love to just reach out to her and see if there's anything that I can do. And I drove around the block a few times, I didn't see her, and so I went back in my apartment. A little while later, I went back out to have lunch with a friend, and I actually came across her again. And this time I saw her walking down the side of the street, so I had my friend pull over at the gas station, and um, I told my friend, I need to talk to this woman. I'm just not sure what's going on in her life. Um, and I felt a sense of that I wanted to protect her. I wanted to, to just hear her story and point her in the right direction of some resources, at least even getting clothes um, if she needed some warm clothes or if she needed a warm meal. And so at that point in time, I had a conversation with her and um, and I found out her name and she was scared. She had told me that somebody had dropped her off and she was looking for her boyfriend and she, her boyfriend, and she um, didn't know where he was. She didn't know how to get a hold of him. And, um, and it was throughout our conversation that more and more red flags just kept popping up um, that really indicated that there was more to the story than what she was telling me. Um, and so then I left the conversation just really discouraged because I didn't know much of where to point her in the direction to. And so um, that I started looking around the community and just really asking what, what resources exist um, within our community and, and wondering more about this woman's life and how she had ended up into, in this place. And, um, and so that really sent me on a quest just of self-discovery and really starting to see other people as 
as an individual with a story and with a life and a future and a possibility, um, but maybe that they couldn't, they didn't have access to that because of a force fraud or coercion situation. And, um, and so from there, just really started to get involved in the community um, and do street outreach ministries. What was it like for you? Because here you are, you know, a single mom with your, your own struggles going on and you see a need, you reach out to someone, you're able to put a face and a picture to this problem and a story to the problem. Mm -hmm. And then you find out what the resources are, but then what was taking that first leap like for you? How did you do that? Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing for me in the beginning was really educating myself on what human trafficking is and how prevalent it was in my own community um, and the resources that are out there within my community. And so part of that process was realizing that um, this is an issue that goes beyond socioeconomic classes, um, beyond gender. Um, it's all over the United States. It's everywhere, um, but it's very hidden. And so part of the process was, was understanding what does it look like in my area and um, and specifically in my area, really some of the population that are most at risk are those who are on the margins. So we're talking about um, youth and um, LGBTQ and- Which is, tell everybody what that is. The lesbian, gay, lesbian, bi, gay, bi transgender community. Um, those without a home um, and those who are experiencing poverty. And so within this community, it's not just one of those that puts them at risk. Um, it can be a combination of a lot of those factors that now put someone at risk. However, it's not just that. It's also teenage girls in the high schools, um, any high school, um, who are completely at risk. It's gangs. Um, and we have all of those those factors here, all of those populations that are really vulnerable populations. And um, so, so I also started looking at what, what's happening in my area with homelessness, what's happening with drug use, um, and with runaways or teens in high schools. And um, within my area, there has been some movement um, of even having the conversation of what is human trafficking. There's a lot of awareness that just needs to happen um, within the general public and, um, and then seeing it as a, as a problem and creating the partnerships. So I recognized and reached out to some other people that I knew who were professionals in social work, um, professionals in the community within some of those populations and started just engaging in those conversations um, about what our community is doing as a response to this. So what do you physically do to help women like this? So there's a few things that I do. Um, on the most basic level, it's just advocacy. It's having conversations with neighbors, with people at the grocery store, um, about the issue of human trafficking. That's, that's one piece. Um, 
specifically, I also work with some of the organizations within the community um, and collaborate and bring people together to, to be having conversations around how to build partnerships to help individuals who m might be coming out of human trafficking. So I serve on our Pierce County Anti-Trafficking Network, um, which has just various members within the community, um, police and FBI and social service organizations within the community that are really starting to address this. Um, so that's one way. And then another way that I also reach out is through street outreach um, and ministry. And I also go into our juvenile corrections facilities and I meet with young women who are at risk or who have been trafficked as well. Now, is this all volunteer based? Yes, most of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, the thing is that people always say, you know, it's a passion when you would do it for free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What has been your greatest hesitation or challenge getting involved in this? That it's hard. It's really hard. Um, I think also... What's hard about it? It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to to hear the story of a 14-year-old girl who was raped at the age of six and is now being sold by her family members for money, um, for sex, and to know, to see the devastation and the pain in this child's eyes that she can never get back those, those years of her life. Um, and for her to feel like she's trapped. And so it's hard to be in a system um, that wants to create opportunity and freedom and, and it just takes time too. So what do you think you've learned about yourself? That's a great question. I think I've learned about myself the importance of just showing up. Um, that I don't have to necessarily jump in and rescue and fix, um, but I can be there with someone in the midst of their own journey too and that I'm strong, um, that someone else can be strong in the midst of their own journey. So, you know, I, I always try to get my audience to act because mm -hmm. so many of us have passions or have desire to get involved like you did, mm -hmm. but they just never take the step. So I think they just need to envision themselves doing it, mm -hmm. explore what it would take to do it, Mm -hmm. and then execute a plan. What advice do you have for my audience about that? I would say the biggest piece of advice is to continue showing up in relationships. Um, whether or not it's relationships with women who, or men, who um, have been in the commercial sex industry, um, or whether or not it's just the neighbor across the street. Like we were saying at dinner today, we all have stories. 
We all have situations that make us who we are and have shaped us. And it's in seeing and acknowledging one another and being with one another in the midst of wherever we are in our own journeys that that can be a powerful connection and a powerful force um, that just opens up new doors for for everyone you know i can't help but when you're speaking about all this think about how important hope is mm. in life right how hope is important for you because mm -hmm. you hope to help these people mm -hmm. and how maybe hope lost mm -hmm. is is really what you're trying to replace with the people that you're trying to help absolutely what does hope mean to you mm. i tie that to my spiritual background as well i'm a christian so i think i believe that there's there's hope beyond what i can see that there's, there's more to life than just, just whatever everyday life situations happening and that there's a greater power as well that um, we can connect with. And so for me, hope means the opportunity for transformation. Um, even no matter what the circumstances or situations look like. It, and I think too, what you're saying is that you go in with, you, you're going into this so blindly in that you're just not attached to the outcome. You just have to believe that something great is happening that, that you're just not going to see. And yeah. that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I may never see some of these young women again. And I say young women specifically because that's primarily who I see. So human trafficking is also males as well. Um, but I may never see some of these other people again, but I have hope for them. And I might be the only person that they encounter that day that has any hope you might beyond. Be the, you might be the only person in their world that's ever shown them hope, just mm -hmm. so you know. And mm -hmm. I, I want to thank you for doing that. Yeah, thank you. How can people reach out to you? Um, I'm available by email, so shereeamber at gmail.com. I would love to answer your questions or on Facebook as Sheree Peruji. Okay, that's awesome. Thank you so much for, yeah. A, for having us stay in your home here in Tacoma, Washington on our 50-state tour. And absolutely. I appreciate being out on your porch right now. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Um, just a great night with great people. Thanks for dinner. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I have come to be known as the 50 States in 90 Days Lady, a concept that is unfathomable to most. If you would like me to come speak at your event about how to envision, explore, and execute a plan, or how to create a life that is more exciting or more meaningful, you can find me at MotivateMePodcast.com In the world keeps turning and I just keep moving along